you know, a lot of people have a preconception about automation or robots and food. Um, like I say, they think it looks like a person that's got to have arms. This is what we got purpose-built automation, embedded automation. It's built to do a job, just like any appliance in the kitchen. What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give Innovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, a customer experience and marketing platform that gets you more reviews, more feedback, and more revenue. Want to learn more? Visit OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give and Ovation. I am joined today by Clayton Wood. Now, I was impressed when I met this guy, but blown away when I checked him out a little bit more online. He's an absolute brainiac with a resume that honestly would take as long as this podcast to read. Now, here's a little bit about Clayton. He was born a nerd and bred a leader, uh, started in Honeywell in 1997, Aeronautical Communications, executive director of a nonprofit funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, president of a publicly traded company, decades of unbelievably impressive experiences. And now he is CEO of Picnic, which is bringing robotics to pizza in a very real way. Not one of these science fiction, maybe in 10 years, it'll be useful. Like today it's working and it's cool. And it's, uh, and the pizza's great. I've eaten it on several occasions. Um, so all that being said, Clayton, welcome to the Give Innovation podcast. Thanks so much, Zach. It's great to be here. And uh, thanks very much for the uh, amazing intro. <laughs> Well, thanks for the amazing life. I just I just read like a, a scratch of what we're doing here. So talk to us a little bit about Picnic. Great. Picnic is uh, the future of food automation. We are assembling pizzas automatically. Um, there's a lot of food automation companies emerging these days. So a lot of them in, are involved in pizza, but what Picnic is doing is completely unique. We are making, we're assembling custom pizzas. Uh, we can assemble up to 100 custom pizzas per hour, custom, each pizza customized size, shape, and toppings with one operator. And what's different about Picnic in the pizza space is that a lot of other people are serving up pizza with some kind of machinery, and they make a pizza. Uh, Picnic's goal is to make any pizza. So we use the chef's ingredients. Um, we don't have anything to do with the two most unique aspects of any pizza, which is the dough and the cooking. Um, the dough is upstream of our system. The cooking is downstream of our system. We're doing the part that needs to be automated, which is the assembly of the pizza, sauce, cheese, fresh sliced meats, any granular toppings you want, uh, prepared consistently, very low food waste. Um, and that's what customers are looking for. And that was one of the things that I was so impressed with was when I saw when I saw Picnic for the first time that a lot of times when I hear about robots, you know, you think about things like, you know, a, an actual robot flipping a burger or like a robot that's, you know, dropping fries and, and picking them up. And like, you know, you, you kind of think about these arms and these mechanical things in the kitchen. This is like a long oven, right? And, right. It, and it was, uh, and we've got some, you know, I've got some customers who have some huge plans with you guys and, it is just so cool to see how you are changing the game for what pizza can be, because it's not just a microwave pizza uh, that is, that's made. It's, it's a legitimately, the pizza is great. And like, I love that you use the chef's ingredients. It's not like, Hey, buy our stuff and we'll give you a vending machine, but 
No, it's like working in conjunction to just to streamline. That's right. And what we're finding is, you know, a lot of people have a preconception about automation or robots and food. Um, like I say, they think it looks like a person that's got to have arms. This is what we call purpose-built automation, embedded automation. It's built to do a job, just like any appliance in the kitchen. And what we're finding, uh, you know, we've been doing a, a uh, we've been operating at Texas A&M, my alma mater, uh, since January. Uh, we made thousands of pizzas. We actually did a taste test there. The students prefer the pizza that our system makes because it's more consistent than what the people are making. And no so, disrespect to the workers there in, in Aggieland, but people like consistent pizza. And that's actually the number one thing that customers are looking for, number one thing that operators are looking for. And it's really hard to achieve that when you have a short labor force, high turnover, low yeah. training, people get in a hurry, they waste food, they make inconsistent product, and it plays havoc with your brand. If you're trying to make a pizza that tastes a certain way and people aren't making it the same way each time, uh, that's a big problem. Yeah, and I think that the, the term robot is often, I think, overused. What, what you really have is an automated assembly line, right? Mm -hmm. That's and right. I think, and I think that uh, it's, it's a little less science fiction-y than, you know, R2-D2 going out there, picking the ingredients and making the pizza. It, it's like, it's a beautiful, and it's more like a car wash, really. It's like, <laughs> when I think about it, because when, and I love that you get to see the whole thing being made. You know, and uh, as, as we look at this, I think one of my questions when it comes to robotics and automation in general, is, is this science fiction press grabbing or Clayton, is there like actual business case here for doing it? There is totally actual business case. And that's another place where I think we're, we're separating ourselves from some of the other players in the space. We're in production. We have a contract manufacturer. We're producing commercial product, shipping it to paying customers who are getting huge benefits from it. Um, we've made, I think just, you know, in our short uh, commercial life, you know, we've made about 16,000 pizzas for customers, uh, which is like 130,000 slices. And we're just, just barely getting started here. Um, and what we're seeing from customers is they're seeing significant labor savings, significant flexibility in how they use their labor. A lot of people are already short staffed, so they're not cutting a job. They're just able to redeploy people to do a different job, but able to make the pizza much more consistently, limit food waste. With food prices these days, the food waste uh, savings is, is going to be one of the main reasons to, to go this way. And these days where you have digital ordering and you're trying to fulfill lots of orders in a short period of time, you have no control over those orders coming in, um, you're going to lose sales if you can't have a high productivity. So if you want high productivity, high volume, consistent, high quality product, um, automation is a great way to go. And at the moment, the, the best category to be in for that is pizza with picnic. So with food waste, what's one of the, you know, what, what have you seen in terms of a uh, food waste reduction? Um, so the national average for pizza restaurants is about 10% food waste. And that comes from a different, different categories. One is just spillage, people dropping food on the floor. Uh, overtopping is very common, especially with inexperienced workers. Uh, cheese is delicious, of course, put more cheese on the pizza. But if you put too much cheese on the pizza, it's not the recipe. It doesn't cook properly. It's really just a waste of money. And cheese is expensive. Um, yeah. And then finally, you have operations 
uh, theme park stadiums, schools where they're batch producing pizzas because the volume is so high. Um, they're guessing how many pizzas they're going to sell. So they make a bunch of pizzas and hope people show up and, and consume them. If they don't consume them, that's just waste. With our system, you can make you can make the pizzas fast enough. You can do just in time production. You don't have that waste. We see less than two percent waste uh, with our system, and that's just on the the throughput normal production, not counting the savings you get from just in time production. Very significant savings there. Now, uh, another thing that people kind of when they hate on robotics, they talk about the maintenance. Like, oh, sure. Well, maybe, you know, I'll buy this once and it's saving me three workers for the next, you know, three workers over the next year is going to pay for itself. But then you have maintenance on top of that. Is that maintenance going to be as much as the workers were in general? Yeah. So, you know, automation is a brand new thing for restaurants. They've always had appliances and, and, and you know, machines in the kitchen, mixers, blenders, dishwashers. Uh, but really, full-fledged automation is a new thing. So people aren't used to that. And we, we, we know that people also don't have a lot of capital to spend. So our business model is robotics as a service. So you sign a term contract. Um, and for that contract, you get delivery, you got training, you've got service, support, upgrades, all included in the monthly fee, which is less than your savings from the food waste savings, the labor savings, digitization benefits. And uh, so we're providing uh, full support uh, we train you. It's easy to operate. Any any part that's a wear part, like a blade or something that could drop and break, uh, there's spare parts included, and you you swap those out really easily. Um, and we have a national footprint uh, partner that is there uh, to provide service and support. We do we do uh, periodic maintenance. Our system is also connected, and so we're all we're always aware of the status of the system, um, how much it's being used, and and we can keep track of that and and support you in the way you need to be supported. So we know that our our customers can't afford unplanned outages during a service period. So that's our goal: is no unplanned outages. Anything you need to do to uh, restart the machine is really short and simple. Anything you need to do to maintain it, repair it, you do that off hours. Um, so you you're always up and running. That's awesome. Now, what do you feel like, and I think this is one of the benefits of you having such an extensive background in all of these operational aspects and the tech aspects. I feel like you're one of the few people in the world who was like well poised to, to do uh, a pizza robot, right? Um, but what do you feel like are some of the, the biggest challenges that are facing the robotics industry and the food, food services space in general? I think the, I think the biggest challenge is just is, is food, um, you know, handling food. Food is, is really obviously infinite variety of food and even the same food like take cheese um, will behave differently depending on the humidity in the room, the temperature, the age, um, just very diverse ingredient as something you're putting into something where the output is supposed to be very consistent. So there's a lot of work and research that goes into this. We've got a full food science department run by a PhD um, where we're doing food science research all the time, how to handle different ingredients. Um, and so um, that's, that's one challenge. The other challenge is just the diversity of activities in the kitchen. Um, when you look at all the people doing food preparation automation, which you know, five years ago, there was almost nobody. Now there's a bunch of companies, but there's so many different applications. Everybody's choosing to do something different. Um, and some of them are trying to do everything. I can make 10,000 recipes with my, with my system that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is hard to afford and hard to set up. Or I can do one thing really easily, which is to make a bowl. Um, 
love I love the companies that are making bowls. No disrespect, but you know, pizza is a little more popular than bowls. Uh, and and we'll, we're we're happy to be in the pizza category. Let's put it that way. Um, and you know, but it's just there's it's a very new industry, and any technology starts off simple and gets more sophisticated over time. So we're just getting started with this. It's just going to get better and better over time. Love that. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I, I love that you're in the pizza industry too. I mean, raise your hand if you had pizza three times this week already. <laughs> Zach just raised his hand. So did Clayton. <laughs> so um, what what is some of the most, what, what is the most important aspect of guest experience nowadays? I think, you know, guest experience, guest expectations haven't really changed. What's changed is the environment. Guests still want, they want speed, they want convenience, they want customization. Uh, they want quality, consistency. Uh, nobody wants to, to have a mystery meal when they go and place an order. Um, mm-hmm. They don't really want to like waiting. Um, they like it the way they want it. Um, but in this, in the current setting uh, where things are happening electronically, people are ordering from their couch or they're walking in and expecting to walk out five minutes later. Um, they're ordered ahead of time and they just want to walk in and grab it and go. Uh, that puts a tremendous pressure on the operator to find new ways to take orders, new ways to fulfill orders, new way to pa- new ways to package food that's got to go travel, um, and and that's that's where automation comes in. I, we talked earlier about the digital order volumes, um, and we know lots of customers who are losing sales because they got hundred orders in one hour, and they've only got the capacity to produce forty, and those sixty people are gonna they're not gonna wait more than an hour, so they're gonna go order someplace else because it's really easy yeah. to do that. Low switching costs. So yeah. if you want those hundred orders you need the capacity to produce a hundred orders consistently with high quality within the hour and you can capture those sales. That's another level of value that you can get with automation. And I think this is where automation is gonna be the future. When I entered the industry three and a half years ago, what I saw immediately was there was already demand for automation. It's just increased and the acceptance has increased, but there was already a, a willing audience for automation that was way ahead of anybody's ability to supply it. There's just no, you know, people can want it all they want, but if there's not anything to buy, you gotta wait. So um, that's that's the challenge the industry has. There's not too many solutions that are commercially available yet. Um, lots more coming online. And I think it's just, we're just gonna see a complete transformation of the way uh, food preparation happens over the next several years. Now, there's a question that I've been hesitant to ask because I don't, I don't want this to come across as rude. But here's a uh, a genuine question. I feel like a lot of people ask are, are wondering this: Is do people have backup ovens? Like, you know, are are there people who are you like transforming kitchens into fully automated kitchens? Are you augmenting ovens with, um, you know, a picnic technology, or is it brand new places that are fully on just picnic? It's, it's a little of everything, you know, first off, you know, you say ovens and again, common misconception, we don't have an oven in our system. It's, we don't, we don't cook pizza. We're assembling the pizza. So, you know, most of our customers do have the ability to manually make a pizza, even though our system is there to automatically make the pizza. Um, it's, it's a, it's not, it's not super challenging. It's, it's hard to make it consistency and fast, but, but you can make pizza by hand. Um, but I think over time, you know, the kitchens will become more and more automated. And we're seeing this where uh, people are wanting more end-to-end automation. And as the products get more reliable and it, and you can you have a higher expectation. Again, our goal is 
we don't want our customers to ever have to make a, a manual pizza. Although I will say automated pizza, it's not every pizza gets automated. If a, a pizzeria has 25 ingredients on their menu, which is not unusual, um, it's never going to make sense to automate 25 ingredients. Right. Because right. if one of those ingredients is anchovies, are you really going to put the anchovies in a little container so that the system can make an anchovy pizza that day, just in case somebody orders one? Or is that going to be the ingredient you'll get, you'll get out of the walk-in and you add it to the pizza yeah, yeah, yeah. separately, right? So um, that so you're, what you're really automating is the high volume uh, ingredients. Uh, some people even just do, do sauce cheese, just do a blank, and then you can, you can customize the pizza later. Um, so we're, we are big believers in the idea that technology development is iterative. You start with something relatively simple and you, get, you build complexity on top of that. And that's what we see uh, some of our, our more innovative customers doing. If you want to wait until there's this all singing, all dancing machine that you push a button, it does everything, then <laughs> you can wait and it'll be around in a while, but you're not, you're not going to get the benefits of, of technology until that, until that day comes. And, you know, this it reminds me a lot, Clayton, of like when we were in Vegas together, did you go on the, um, the Tesla loop? That was at the. I, I, mi I missed that. Yeah, I, I'm aware of it, but I didn't, didn't get so, to do it. So it was really cool. And so I went on the Tesla loop, and you get into a Tesla and you drive under, you're driving one of these Tesla tunnels that the boring company built. And, you know, the it's, it's like a real tube and it's a one way tube. And then you kind of go to a station. And it was just at the convention center. I know that they're building one from the airport to the convention center, but. For now, it's just like at the convention center because it's it's a pretty big center when you go from one wing to the other. And one of my colleagues was like, I was so unimpressed with the with a Tesla quote unquote hyperloop or you know the, the loop. And I was like, yeah, but you can't look at it what it is today, right? What was the internet when it first came out? Mm -hmm. What was mm -hmm. a phone call when it first the, the telephone when it first happened? What, what is what is what are NFTs today? Like if you look at it just what it is today and you imagine, hey, this is where it all stops, then sure, maybe, maybe you could look at it and be like, well, I don't really need that, right? But I think the beautiful thing about what you're doing is that you have this iterative process where you're the step to this next generation. But the cool thing is that what you're doing is useful today. You know, mm -hmm. it's not like it's something where you know, this is going to be something that's not helpful until we get to a certain point, right? The, the old adage of, if you're trying to build a car, build a skateboard first, mm -hmm. right? <clears throat> How do people like traveling on four wheels and then build a bike so they can go faster and then build a go-kart? You, like, you, you build up to it, useful every step along the way. And I think that's exactly what you've done is you've built an extremely useful you know, assembly machine that allows people to take advantage of the um, uncertainty of labor, the food waste loss, and using while still maintaining the integrity of their own ingredients. Sorry, I know this is your podcast, not mine, but I'm just like, I'm excited about this, Clayton. I think what you're doing is really cool. I, we're having a lot of fun. You know, our team's having fun. Our customers are really excited. Um, but but you, you, the way you described it is exactly right. And we see this in the market. We see the customers who want it to be the ultimate dream machine. And if it's not, then they're not interested. And we see the customers who, even in their own business models, are already innovating. In fact, one of the ways we're, we're segmenting customers, we're finding customers 
who are more receptive are the ones who, during the pandemic, they figured out a way to pivot their business and operate differently so they can still be successful, in some cases, much more successful than they were before the pandemic. And those are the customers who are who are open-minded and ready to change and ready to try something. And they're, they're learning from trying automation as an early adopter. And we're learning something from how do they use it? You know, how will this system work for them? How can we improve it in the next version? And we can work together with those customers. There's a lot of other customers who are waiting for a future version. And that's great. There's, there's plenty of customers out there. Believe me, the market is enormous. Um, but the ones who are, who are innovating and iterating now with their model and trying things, um, those are the ones we're enjoying working with today. Well, normally I ask guests, what's a, something successful that you've seen or tried lately? But I could answer that for you. Picnic. <laughs> Check it out. Um, who deserves innovation in the restaurant industry today, Clayton? Who's somebody that you think we should be following? Um, you know, there's we have a customer in New Jersey. Um, it's called Pizza HQ. Um, this is a couple oh, of guys. Those are my boys. They, those are my they, boys. I love them. Yeah, those guys are great. They're they're innovating their model. They're creating a whole new business model. They're building it around pizza automation with Picnic. Um, you know, they're serving schools. They're making pizza in volume with just the two partners. Um, I think they've got a bright future. And that's that's really exciting. We see customers building an entire business model around what the new capabilities are and not just trying to do the same thing and bolt, bolt on uh, automation. Um, and we think those, those guys are, are, are killing it. Yeah, we, we work really closely with, uh, with their team because they actually have an amazing pizza spot. Um, so, you know, anyway, but Pizza HQ, I got to go visit there right after they had uh, closed on the lease. I got to go visit and they had everything just taped off of how they were going to assemble it. And I took, I took like a three minute video because I'm like, I cannot wait to come back here and imagine what this is going to be uh, because they've got huge dreams but I love that you're, you're a dream maker, Clayton, you know, you're, well, you're and I, I love the fact that, you know, this is the big leagues. I mean, you want to, you want to be in a competitive pizza environment, try New Jersey, right? I mean, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of pizza there and, <laughs> and people have a lot of opinions about what pizza should be like. And my, myself being, I'm from Jersey. And uh, I do say, you know, I I've told this to Massimo himself. Pizza was invented in Jersey. All right. That's, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, may get may get a little bit of a blowback from that. But Clayton, how do people find you, follow you, and your brand? Um, you know, we post a lot on LinkedIn, um, Pizza News, uh, also on on Twitter, uh, Pizza News. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at CDub, um, and our website, HelloPicnic.com. We've got videos, we've got training aids, we've got uh, calculators. You can see how much savings you're going to have. You can order, you can put down a deposit and place an order right on the website. Awesome. Well, check out, check out Picnic. Uh, but Clayton, for gracing us with your knowledge, for helping us make robots a little less scary, and for giving us a little flavor of your style, today's ovation goes to you. Thank you for joining us and giving ovation, my man. Thanks so much, Zach. Great to be here. Glad you're with us today, and thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to OvationUp.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.